Welcome to this week's edition of Ocean Allison, where I bring you the best in ocean science, education, and conservation through conversations with people who are creating positive change for the ocean. Ocean Advocate is Magda Flores. Magda is an educator at Sustainable Coastlines Hawaii, inspiring communities to care for their beaches. Hi, Magda. Welcome to the show. Hi, Allison. Thanks for having me. Yeah, very excited to have you on the show today. To give our listeners some background, Magda and I actually worked together in the same lab when we were going to Florida Institute of Technology. We just figured out that was about three years ago that we were together last in Florida. And we worked in a marine paleoecology lab together. And Mugda's research was all about Antarctic fish and how they eat their jaw morphologies and all that cool stuff. And although I did do some Antarctic research later on when I was working in that lab during my undergrad, I was doing research on coral reefs. So there were lots of cool people in that lab doing all kinds of research. That's where I got to meet Magda. And today she's working for Sustainable Coastlines Hawaii, which is an amazing organization. I'm very happy to connect with her and Sustainable Coastlines and have her on the show today. So welcome, Magda. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about what we do. Yeah, so right off the bat, can you just kind of give us a really simple version of what Sustainable Coastline Hawaii's mission is? Yeah, so our mission, our main mission, the reason the organization was started was to inspire communities to care for their coastlines through beach cleanups, so hands-on beach cleanups, basically using the beach as a classroom so people can make the connection between, you know, the trash that they're finding on the beach to everyday items they use in their lives. We find a lot of, you know, plastic bottles or like personal items, even like toothbrushes, combs, and it really helps people connect to their day-to-day lives, you know, what they're using and how it could potentially end up in the ocean. And then we also like to offer solutions and alternatives to some of those plastic items that people use. So that's what basically we're about, using the beach as a classroom to raise awareness about marine debris and how we can solve this issue. I really love that obviously you have a huge education component to Sustainable Coastlines Hawaii. Basically, your mission is two parts, like you just said, to create awareness and education and then provide solutions. So what I want to focus on first is that awareness and education that you were talking about. Obviously, you are an educator there, so it's great to talk to you about this subject. So what type of educational programs do you guys have at Sustainable Coastlines that are really kind of lecture-based or classroom-based, not so much out in the field? Well, there are two ways we deliver education programs. We do it in classroom if teachers invite us or, you know, we contact teachers, especially before beach cleanup. We like to do an education, a week of education So we like to contact schools. We've been to private, public, charter schools. We get in touch with teachers or teachers contact us. We go to the classroom and we talk to the students. We give a short presentation and it really varies depending on our educators. Everybody kind of brings in 
their story, but we kind of stick to the same guidelines, similar guidelines, a similar structure. And the other aspect of our education is a recently acquired education station. It is a mobile unit. It's a shipping container that was converted into a station that we've actually been taking it to different schools around Oahu because that's where we're based. We take the education station for about a couple weeks and it turns into an outdoor classroom. We park it at a school and teachers bring their students, their classes to us. And when we have the outdoor classroom aspect of it, then we can do a lot of hands-on activities as well. We have a sand sifter that we show the students or kids how we get all the microplastics and the small pieces of plastic out of the sand. We do activities where like, we make art. With, depending on the age group, we make art out of the microplastics. We try to do a lot of fun things when we're in the outdoor classroom. But when we're in classroom, it's a little limited, but we do try to do hands-on activities. Like I'll try to show them boluses with the older students will dissect a bolus. It's basically what albatrosses regurgitate. And a lot of the albatrosses in Hawaii and northwestern Hawaiian islands are eating a lot of trash. So it really helps the students realize how even wildlife is being affected by marine debris. So it kind of depends where we have the indoor classrooms and then we have the outdoor education station. Those are two main parts of our program. So with your education and awareness programs, kind of taking it outside of the classroom and even outside of your mobile classroom, which is really awesome, by the way, when you have beach clean events, which I know you guys have a lot of amazing beach clean events, you kind of have this slogan that you like to use, which I really appreciate, and it's beach cleanups start before the trash hits the beach. Can you kind of explain what that means and how you guys incorporate that motto into your beach cleanups that you hold? Yes. So beach cleanups start before trash hits the beach basically means that we really need to be aware of where our trash is going and how we can prevent it to getting to our beaches and our oceans in the first place, which could mean just, you know, reducing the amount of plastic items we use in our day-to-day lives, really thinking about where our trash is going. Some of the things that we do, like more hands-on, to be more active is we help clean up streams and hiking trails, you know, just inland, more inland, because the land is connected to the ocean. So kind of preventing that trash from ending up in the ocean. I think that's what we're really trying to raise awareness about as well. Like we can go do a beach clean, but how can we prevent all the trash from getting there in the first place? And so kind of that second part of the Sustainable Coastlines mission that you stated earlier is about providing solutions, providing achievable solutions that people, whether it's children, classrooms or organizations or companies or communities around the world really can implement. I think that Sustainable Coastlines is really leading the way in providing those achievable solutions. So I want to talk about a few of those. And the first one that would be awesome to talk about is the waste diversion tents that you guys have and use at different events around Hawaii. I know you guys have even used them at pro surfing events, which is Mm -hmm. awesome to kind of tap into that community. Can you talk about what are those waste diversion tents and what are they doing? Yeah, so our waste diversion tents are, it's a neat little setup where we have the tent and it's got three different slots. Above each hole it says recyclable, compostable, and trash. And then we have pictures above those words to guide people 
where what goes. And then on the inside of the tent, we have three trash cans, big, really big rubbish bins where people can throw, get rid of compostables. So that would be food. Um, certain vendors hand out compostable plates or utensils. So we have one trash can for compostables, one for recyclables. Those would be your plastic bottles, glass bottles, and then one for just trash. And what we're doing through that is trying to separate mainly the compostables and recyclables from actual trash. And then we divert that way. So basically what we're doing is recyclables can be sent to get recycled. And then the compostables, instead of just ending up in the trash, we are able to compost it. We have a few partners that we work with when it comes to composting the waste. And then we have smaller amount of trash at the end of the day that ends up being picked up by the city and county. But for the most part, we're able to divert at least 60 to 70 percent of that trash during events. And there are there's so many events, like you said, the pro surfer events. We also have yoga festivals and really any outdoor events. We try to get in there. And that's another way we raise awareness and reach a different demographic that we normally wouldn't be able to reach through our beach cleanups. And so the actual tent structure that goes over those three separate bins, what is that tent structure for? Well, the tent structure prevents wind from blowing the trash into the ocean. Most of these events are very close to the shore, so that's really what we're trying to prevent by having a tent over the three separate compartments. And so another really cool, achievable solution that Sustainable Coastlines is trying to implement around Oahu is called a trash water wheel. And I had never heard of this before. I saw it on your guys' Instagram account. It looks crazy, but sounds really interesting. Can you explain to listeners what the trash water wheel is and kind of the situation with Sustainable Coastlines trying to obtain one? Yes. So the trash water wheel was originally placed in Baltimore Harbor, and it's been successful at removing a lot of the trash that gets stuck in the water. And that's what we're trying to bring to Oahu. We have the Alawai Canal, which kind of runs through downtown Honolulu, Waikiki. And this canal is filled with a lot of trash, lots of single-use plastics. You also find odd items like bicycles and, you know, tires. So basically, the trash water wheel, the way it's set up, it's the big wheel, and it's got these two arms essentially that go out and they were using the current of the water kind of assess the wheels moving. It's picking up all this trash. It's collecting the trash and it's kind of taking it out of the water and it'll be, you know, collected and set aside on land for us to sort through it or just figure out. We haven't yet, since we haven't gotten it yet, that's what we're working on. This is one of our newest projects. And with that, we're really hoping to keep the alawai clean because the alawai flows directly into the ocean and there's just a lot of trash that ends up into the ocean because it's collecting in the canal. And so with the trash water wheel, you guys actually had an Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign that was going on for a while that you were raising money for the trash water wheel. How did that campaign go and what was that really for? The campaign was really for raising funds to do a feasibility study to bring the trash water wheel to Oahu. So first we need to kind of do some environmental impact assessments and just you know look at the financial feasibility of having it there 
So as of today, we have raised the funds that we need to do this feasibility study. And now we'll go ahead, um, do the study, and then from there we'll move forward on how to bring the trash water wheel to Oahu. Okay, so you've been living in Hawaii now for about a year, and you've told me that you very much so enjoy living there and all interacting with all the amazing natural beauty that Hawaii has. One thing that I've noticed that Sustainable Coastlines has been a part of in Hawaii is this plastic bag ban. I know that many different cities across the world, some have actually passed plastic bag bans, some are in the process of doing so, some want to. What is the current status of the plastic bag ban in Hawaii? Well, the plastic bag ban was enforced around when I moved to Hawaii, that was last year in July 2015. And there is a small little loophole in the law that allows stores to offer plastic bags that are thicker and labeled reusable and recyclable. So while it's great to see many, many local stores, local businesses, even grocery stores have opted out of handing out plastic bags, there are still some larger stores that do offer thicker plastic bags. And now we're trying to work on removing the loophole which really we work with a few other organizations where we make sure our voices are heard during, you know, city and council meetings. But for the most part, plastic bags are banned, definitely on Oahu and the other islands as well. Just there's a little loophole that has allowed some stores to still offer thicker plastic bags. And of course, a thicker plastic bag, just because it says compostable or reusable, is still not good for the environment and the ocean, right? No, it's not because it's probably worse because now it's thicker and I mean, it's still plastic, so it still uses the same resources to be made. So it's definitely not a better option. So what we're trying to do is, you know, raise awareness through social media. And even when we have when we do like community outreach events, talk to people about, hey, you know, these are some really great stores that don't offer plastic bags anymore. And they're, you know, helping the environment that way. And instead of, you know, shaming stores that still have plastic bags, we're just trying to, you know, raise a positive message about supporting stores and supporting businesses that don't use plastic bags anymore. That's really cool. And hopefully other cities around the world that are maybe in the process of trying to enact a plastic bag ban can leave out that loophole so they don't get in that same situation that that Hawaii is in right now. So definitely great that you guys are kind of paving the way in Hawaii. And it's great that Sustainable Coastlines is a really influential part of raising that awareness and being on the front lines of that issue. So with all the education and awareness that Sustainable Coastlines tries to grow through their classroom visits and all of the events that you guys have, what are some of the main messages that you give to participants of your events or people that attend a classroom lecture on how they can personally help to keep their coastlines clean. Yes, thank you so much for asking that. The biggest takeaway we really want people or even students when they go to classrooms is to really refuse as much plastic as possible, like start saying no and eliminate single-use plastics. Just from the beach cleanups we've done, some of the worst offenders are always single-use plastics we find like plastic bags or straws. 
single-use utensils, styrofoam, you know, to-go containers. So really the take-home message we want them to remember is to refuse plastic as much as possible and switch to reusable options. For example, instead of using a plastic bottle, use a reusable glass or stainless steel bottle. Instead of using a plastic bag, bring a reusable bag. Instead of using a plastic straw, you can either say, no, thank you, I don't need a straw. Or you could use, you know, there, there are people who make metal straws or glass straws. Switch to those options that you can reuse that are better for the environment. And that's really what we want them to focus on. I think it takes time, but it is doable. It is, it is an achievable goal for people to start refusing. And then, of course, you know, reduce plastics, avoid unnecessary plastic packaging wherever you can, and then whatever you're left with, recycle. But recycling really isn't our best option anymore. Our best option would be to start refusing plastics and look for reusable alternatives. So for listeners that aren't familiar really with the plastic pollution issue and saying no to single-use plastics, can you explain why using a reusable item like a metal straw or a canvas bag is better than using a single-use plastic straw or bag because of the effect that it has on the environment? Okay, yeah. So, for example, if you have a reusable canvas bag or metal straw, you'll tend to use those items. You will reuse them. Single-use plastics aren't meant to be reused, and it's not an organic substance, so if it ends up in the environment, it's never going to go away. It'll always remain there. It's just going to break down into smaller and smaller pieces. Whereas something more organic, like a cloth bag or a metal straw, if it does unfortunately end up in the environment, it won't do as much harm because it will break down and will, it will go back into the environment. It's more organic. It'll take a while, but it'll eventually go away. The issue with plastic is that plastic never goes away. It just breaks down into smaller and smaller pieces until it becomes so tiny that you won't be able to see it anymore. So, Magda, I want to thank you for all of the amazing awareness that you're bringing with Sustainable Coastlines Hawaii, and I know all the other work that you've done prior to being with Sustainable Coastlines Hawaii definitely helps create positive change for the ocean. And for our listeners, I will be linking to Sustainable Coastline Hawaii's website. That's sustainablecoastlineshawaii.org. So when I post this episode, I'll be linking to that. You can learn more about the events that they host, the solutions that they have, like their waste diversion tents and their mobile classroom and the trash water wheel that they're trying to obtain, and uh, also their education components that Magda is very much so a part of. And I'll also be linking to their Facebook and Instagram accounts. They're super active on social media, like Magda said earlier, trying to raise awareness in any way that they can. So you guys can give them a follow and connect with them on there if you're interested in what they're doing. So Megda, thank you so much again for all the work that you're doing for the ocean and also for being on the show today. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for interviewing me. I enjoyed talking to you and I'm really excited to get this out to your listeners. You just heard Magda Flores, educator at Sustainable Coastlines Hawaii, inspiring communities to care for their beaches. To learn more about the topics discussed in this podcast, visit my website at alisonrandolph.com and tune into next week's episode to hear another conversation between me and someone creating positive change for the ocean.